Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I might be Pernell. And every week we get together, we listen to great video game music of all consoles, all generations, and we just hang around and have a good time because we enjoy each other's company, don't we, Pernell? I guess we do. Um, if, if you're going to make me say it, fine. Yeah. Well, we should let everyone know this is episode 11 8. And it should be January 1st when this comes out. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. <laughs> and, um, year, yes. We are going to celebrate with a friend. How about that? What? This is a surprise to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, he's, he's coming in now. He's coming through the door. Um, why don't you, unlock the door, will you? I'm not going through that whole <laughs> shebang. Look, the man's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking through his live from cyberspace. I, yeah. Man. <laughs> you're like, you're like legit just laughing at your own jokes. I love it. <laughs> 7.30 coffee. That's how it works, man. So we have Ed from the Impulse Project and Pixel Tunes Radio. Ed, what's up? What's up, guys? I am very happy to be spending this little New Year show with you. And I'm, I'm super happy about the topic that we're doing today, too. Yes. Um, it was. It's really funny, actually, that like... Me and Purnell was having separate conversations with the both of us, and I said, I want to do an FM synthesizer showcase of just awesome synthy style music. And you were like, hey, I want to do a show with Ed. And I said, perfect. Yes. <laughs> and then Purnell told me it was an FM show, and just a little bit of drool came out of the corner of my mouth. And I was <laughs> yes. like, absolutely. I've been wanting to just to showcase some of this awesome like music, like especially like the dancey, funky type stuff. And I'm like, you know, Ed's perfect for this. He knows he knows his stuff, and he can find some good, obscure stuff, too. And the best part of this team-up is in the event that I somehow flub FM synth, because I had no idea what you guys were talking about. <laughs> well, at least Ed could follow up with Rob, and you guys will have an FM show, and I'll I'll just play some jams. So, um, well, it's funny because I was I was listening to your guys' uh, arabesque show a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and you mentioned right at the top of the show that you hadn't played any Sharp X sixty eight thousand stuff yet, and I was like, well, I know what my mission is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about some of the uh, the Japanese home computer systems and some other yep. systems that use the Yamaha um, FM synthesis chip. So that's that's really what we're showcasing today is like the Yamaha, the, the YM two. And then whatever number you want, <laughs> pretty much. So random thing that just came to, that came to mind on the way over here. I was already thinking about it, but just get your guys' takes on it, or you'll just laugh and call me insane. I'm fine with either outcome. Yeah, so we can do that. <laughs> I decided to try something odd and different this year. I am buying my game income before the year starts with, the, with my gaming budget. So what that means is I catch sales related to money. I bought our store credit, and I get discounted store credit, and I put it aside, and that will be my so game you, budget. You are budgeting your game buying for the whole year of 2018. He's More not only less. pre-ordering his games, he's pre-ordering his game budget. Exactly. Oh, I see. So it's, it's small increments of money, mind you, for savings, but it's better than zero because, again, it's not like a discount on a game. It's a discount on the money used to buy the game. So Smart move. For example, earlier this year, earlier this month, Target did a deal where you could get discounted gift cards. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sponsored by Target. <laughs> what? <Right. laughs> That's how I roll, man. Um, yeah, they were doing a deal, discounted gift cards. So 
I went a little bit nuts on that. I got the max allowance on the deal. And then later on that day, I had another gift card in my pocket that I used to buy another gift card. That discount, this gift card was bought with a discount, and I used discounted money to buy discounted money. So I have that. And then this week, um, pretty soon they're going to owe you money. I, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I'll be an old man. Like I finally got it down to a hundred percent off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, but like then like this week. Well, last week when you listen, people see to hear the show more likely, but they're doing a special over also at Target. Buy one, get one half off on video game eShop credit. Oh, wow. So you're like, I got to do it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I already bought some. And I'm like, should I go back and buy more? So I have like like a good like one. I got like about 100 open for Nintendo right. and 110 for PlayStation. And I'm starting to think, like, will I spend more than that over the course of a year on eShop stuff? What? Or should I do it again? Just well, have you done... Man. Have you done a um, inventory from 2017? I'm afraid to check, but I, I do think, need to do one. I think I think in order to budget for 2018, you need to inventory 2017 over probably a really nice vodka. Because <laughs> you're going to need I'm it. I'm going to need it. You bet, you bet your bishka <laughs> well, between that, up, that and the board games. That brings up a good question. Ed, I want to put you on the spot. What are some of your favorite games of 2017? Of 2017, well, uh, maybe oh, Pernell and I have yeah. talked about this. Definitely, uh, a Hat in Time was not mm, one yeah, of my favorite absolutely, games. Yeah. Um, what else, man? I mean, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild that came out 2017, right? Yeah, it did. What was that? Yeah. So yeah. I played all the way through that. I love it. I've been playing all the DLC. Awesome. Um, I, will, I will say, for, as an old man rule, I have already accepted that when someone says, "What are your favorite games of this year?" If you played it for the first time this year, but it came out five years ago, it totally counts. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And then the, the the surprise hit for me for this year was actually uh, Car Mechanic Simulator 2018. What? Whoa. Uh, it's it's all about, about you. Uh, you you become a mechanic and you own your own garage and these cars come in and the cars are fully modeled. Like the parts are totally removable. You can every single piece of an engine down to like the camshafts and the, wow. and, the, and the drive shafts. You can take apart. You can buy new parts, replace them. Like totally remodel a car. Uh, and my youngest kid, who's six. Uh, Logan, he's like, he's got this like engineer's brain. He really loves like science and, and mechanics and robotics and stuff. So he's like been controlling the mouse and I've been controlling the keyboard and we've been like getting together and repairing cars and, cool. and, and, and like kind of like refurbishing them. So we've been having a blast doing that. So I, I didn't that. expect to like really enjoy that game that much. I kind of figured it, I'd play it as an experiment, but I'm really getting into it. I feel like I could picture Sony kicking themselves in the butt not having these guys incorporated in Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah seriously. Seriously. And All then right. you can actually test drive the cars when you're done too, so you can see how you oh. know how they work and how you tuned them and stuff. So yeah, it's I was pretty gonna, cool. I was going to ask. I was like, like how, like how can you see how they move and, and, and do yeah. all that? That's really cool. Gotta ask. Man. I like the simulator games. What's up? Since you didn't mention it in this listing, but I do know you bought the game. Road Redemption didn't make the cut. Oh heck yes! Totally forgot about that one. Yeah, we played that when uh, you were over for uh, Retro World Expo, and, and it that's basically me. like yeah, it's a modern remake of Road Rash. With uh, oh, kind of cool. like roguelike elements a little bit, because uh, oh, awesome. the levels are kind of randomized as you go through them. It's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun. 
It was so a it's definitely thing. up there too. Because I go yeah, over, and I'm sure. like, "Is that Road Rash?" He's like, <laughs> "Sort of. It's like the spiritual successor to Road Rash." Yeah, uh, that's no. one to check out for sure. All right, so let's talk about uh, the topic a little bit, and then let's let's get into some music, and then let's talk about everything else but the music for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's going to end up happening. Um, so, FM synth. What what does that mean to you, Ed? Like, what what do you love about it, and what do you expect to hear from some of your favorite hits? Um, well, FM synth, I used to be a Super Nintendo kid. Like, I used to think that the SNES had the better sound chip. Uh, Genesis music was awful. Like, I, I, I was I was completely the opposite of the way I am now. And once I started, like, getting into to video game music and really kind of exploring FM, I realized that there was so much out there that I wasn't aware of uh, that really made me more of a fan of FM than, than, than SNES. So when I think of FM music, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of FM music because you've got really simple chips that came out on like the PC-88 mm-hmm. um, or like the uh, the Japanese version of the Sega Master System uh, where there's only like a couple different channels and a couple different sounds you can make. But then you get these really awesome chips that are in like the Genesis or uh, or the Neo Geo or the Sharp X68000, some of the systems we're going to be you know hearing from in the show probably. Um, and you get some amazing orchestral pieces you get some amazing rock pieces like the fm chip can really do anything you want it to if it's powerful enough so when i think fm i think of a whole bunch of different stuff there's not like one particular sound that comes to mind yeah yeah i like that it's 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 so versatile and 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 the the sound waves that are produced are so pure that come Mm -hmm. out of it um so i want you to pick your first track then to maybe kind of highlight what what you your true feelings (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure. Well, okay. So speaking of uh, the Sharp X68000, uh, let's pick a track from that for our first outing today. This is going to be stage one from a game called Bleed Out Sakuretsu for the Sharp X68000. We're back. You're listening to Stage One from the game Bleed Out Sakuretsu for the Sharp 68000. 
And um, Ed, we don't have a composer for this one, right? Uh, I don't. A lot of these Sharp X68000 X68, games uh, kind of go composerless, unfortunately, because a lot of them are like Dojin games, so that yeah. means that they were made by kind of like amateur programmers. They're not like AAA game developers or anything, so a lot of times they don't even have like end credits or anything, and there's no records kept uh, you know, by companies to, to tell you who made it. So I know it was Gold Cat's project, that uh, produced and, and designed the game, but I don't know the individuals that actually mm. made it. But it's an amazing song. It's an amazing track. I love it when when they're really uh, successful using the synthesizer to sound like a real guitar, because this is like, yeah. it sounds like really speed heavy, like riffing. Like it's really cool. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely digging it. There's a lot of, it's very high energy too. Yeah, yeah. Good way to start the show. So, what, like, what sort of game would you say this is? Oh, it's a vertical shooter. Uh, there are a ton of horizontal and vertical shooters on the uh, Sharp X68000. It's a great system if you love shooters, especially if you're a fan of, like, Sega Genesis shooters, because it uses the same kind of processor, so oh, the like graphics Musha? are very similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, like, Gaia Res or, you know, Soul Dees or Soul Feast, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Renovation Games Reborn. Exactly. So, um, and also, what you're going to hear a lot with FM music mm-hmm. is it's usually going to be coupled with some sort of a sampler. So like all those drums that you're hearing aren't on the the YM2151, which is inside the Sharp X68000. That's actually a a separate sample chip that's creating those like frantic, ridiculously high-powered drums that you're hearing. Right. Right, so um, I know that a lot of times like the the NES chip and and like the, uh, like that was it, the the PSG and the FM synths, like they'll use uh, pulse width modulation to 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 generate the sampled sounds, so it's using just another square, like essentially a square wave channel, at variable speeds and super super fast to reproduce at, at different bit bit rates. That's really exactly. nerdy, but like it's it, it, it just all, it all it all fits. And, yeah, it um, just basically takes a sine wave and yeah. just modifies it in in so many different ways and so many you know uh, cycles per second that it sounds yeah. like totally different instruments. But um, the the, uh, the the sound and like I don't know I feel like the sound of the chip really lends itself towards a certain style of music that kind of comes from it. It's like it's really heavy on the melody, but it can also be so got like really good sense of groove. I know like I know Ed, you're into the groove. Like you love like, absolutely a good groove on a track. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I like that a lot. I like like that a whole whole lot. Dude, this track is this track sounds like shooter business all over. I it sounds a lot faster than it really like like the the game isn't that fast. I oh mean, really? It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of kind of like a mid paced shooter, but this this particular track makes you feel like you should be going like warp ten through yeah, through the universe or something. Yeah, this would work on like a racing game definitely. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see this being like on like on, a, on like on a, a manic like uh, uh, Don Maku like modern day bullet hell game well i can't say that from what i saw of it in my brief checkup it's that even for being as you say it's a it's a modern speed game it's very frantic as far as like what they're throwing at you even for as quickly as it, as the game ramps up it just goes and like there's like indestructible missiles that chase you in addition to like sprays of bullets so there's some literal dancing going on on the screen. Yeah, yeah. But all, all the while, the stars behind you are scrolling at, like, you know, two miles an hour. So <laughs> your ship's not actually flying very fast. Oh, but it's shame. got kind of a gradius power-up feel to it, too. So you can, like, kind awesome. of select which which weapons you want based on the power-ups. Kind of go through this little grid, and then you can activate whichever power-ups you want. So there's some depth to it, too. Maybe that's why it looked a little bit like CyberCore, because it's like the ship was, like, kind of transforming a little bit. Oh, yeah. That was a great game on the Graphics. Yes. Oh, that reminds me of Mars Matrix. 
Mars Mission. That was yes. on look, Dreamcast. Oh, Dreamcast. and arcade. Yeah, because like you could uh, the, like as you like level up your ship, picking up items, like it would morph into different shapes. I think yeah. God, it's been yep. forever. Yep, that game had some great industrial music in the background. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's like an awesome. More games need to have evolving ships. I think I'm getting a little too excited talking about shooters. So um, <laughs> I'm going to kick off my set with something a little more uh, pop oriented. This is from Yuzo Koshiro on the PC88. I think it was on the MSX first. It's the game called Misty Blue. And it is a detective kind of visual novel style. Um, and this and, and all the tracks in this game are like straight up like early Streets of Rage. Like you could tell like where he was going, but he was writing just straight up pop music and it's it's beautiful. And this is called Catch the Step. Because it's like it take, I think it, this is the music that plays during a um, a sequence in which there are women on a catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool and because it's like it's all like not really animated it's just like kind of just flashes of images but uh, this song is, is really really neat this is a uh, misty blue for the pc88 composed by yuso koshiro was Misty Blue, the game, and the song. (laughs) 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 Quiet over there. (laughs) Catch the step from the game Misty Blue for the (laughs) PC-88, composed by Yuso Koshiro and Madonna and the Miami Sound Machine and a whole bunch of others, right? (laughs) I mean, you can't do an FM show without at least mentioning Yuso Koshiro if not playing a track from it. Oh, my God. Like When I first heard... Streets of Rage, like many other people. I'm like, wow, he was so influenced by 
dance music in the clubs at the time to really like want to sample like the 808s and all, all the classic drum machines to really get those pure sounds. But then you go back a little bit further and now he was just like, he knew how to manipulate the hardware and, and how to how to use those sounds to create really good pop music. Um, he's just so super versatile. I, I love that about him. Of course, yeah, definitely. This, <laughs> I love how catchy this song is. He'll always be one of the top dog composers in my heart. No question about that. And this is an yeah. awesome sounding track too. Like it is interesting because this is one of those scenarios where like since I barely know anything about the game and I'm hearing the tune be played, it kinda has me wondering like what kind of scenario is this be? is it like someone's apartment you think that'd be played in? Like you look around an apartment, look at this listen to this nice relaxing jam. Time to go right through their bookshelf. <laughs> See what dirty secrets they're hiding. <laughs> I don't know, man. This this music sounds more like I'm uh, shopping at the mall, but like yeah, the game kind of revolves around a musician. The, the protagonist that you play as, he's, he's a musician that comes back to Japan after studying abroad. Okay. And then um, he has a fight with like a music producer. I guess they, they don't like see eye to eye on business. And then the music producer ends up being dead. Oop. So this fight was kind of public. So Wait, your the guy was you dead play the whole as, time? No. <laughs> he's the undead producer. <laughs> um, no, but so so then you have to kind of like clear your name. So it's kind of like a like a murder. You have to figure out who. Who, who committed the murder, who killed the producer while at the same time like not getting arrested by, by the police or whatever. That's so cool. the whole thing kind of revolves around the whole music world, which I think is why they probably brought Koshiro in for this game because music's going to have to be awesome if you're talking to people and being in areas where music is going to be playing like that. Well, all of the all of the tracks, well, not all, but most of the tracks for the game are all sound like pop songs. They have like a start and, a, and an end yeah. to them, which is amazing. It's like, a, it's like a jazzier Streets of Rage kind of. It really is, yeah. yeah. I, actually, when I first heard through it, I was concerned that these were like licensed tracks that he was adapting to the uh, the hardware because mm. because the when the lead comes in it really sounds like there were there were, there are lyrics somewhere for this song um then again it sounds like it's something you would hear like in the uh, <coughs> the karaoke bar in um yakuza right yeah or, or you want to hear like tony braxton start singing over it or something yeah, happy <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about a mashup right now <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen i mean at this point you have the tools you might just make a kick and make it there you go man okay if you just want to hang on here for another hour i can make that happen all right <laughs> we'll just all sit here and twiddle our thumbs while rob uh, <laughs> is it ready yet it's is worth it, it ready yet trust me <laughs> <laughs> putting it in the oven yeah but uh so uh Koshiro actually writes all his music on a PC-88, so that's why this music sounds so kind of natural for the system. Even when he went on to the Genesis and, you know, other, like, uh, Sharp X68000, he would always write music on this uh, sound software that he wrote himself called Music Love. Uh, And and he wrote that program on the PC-88, so he composes on the PC-88 and then adapts his music to the other systems. So when you're listening to something on a PC-88 that he's written, that's, like, how he wrote it, how it sounded when he actually wrote it, so oh, it's really I love cool. That. I love that. It's That's so cool. Habitat. Yeah, like this is yep. like this is this is this is what came out of his brain, and it's this is exactly what he was envisioning. Exactly. That's great. Mm-hmm. See, that maybe explains why he was a natural fit over to the Genesis too, because yeah. PC eighty eight and Genesis. Like, did he do anything aside from those two systems back then? I, I well, couldn't tell you. But. He worked on the Sharp X68000. He worked on. He did, he did some MSX stuff. So oh, he was okay. all over the place. I mean, he was working on the NES too. So, um, but his FM stuff. He always said he loved composing an FM the most. So that's the stuff that he would stick with. That's that's what he does. Like if he does like fan projects or if he does just like music to release on the web, it's usually FM based stuff. So he really sticks with that. Okay. 
right, so Pernell, what you got? Well, I'm going to go with my first track here, keeping the up-tempo of the show, because my other track is nowhere near that. <laughs> um, and quite frankly, this is likely going to win the award for longest title on an episode track, so... I use this as an excuse to go back to that game Dragon Half that I brought up ages ago. Yeah, I started writing this title down, and then I stopped halfway through. That's how long this is. Yes. So why don't you, why don't the, you give us the name? The game is Dragon Half, and the track title is called The Strange Step All Night Dancing Bunny Cheerleaders Assault Trumpet Resounds. <laughs> wow. Tongue Twister, <laughs> composed by Tadahiro Nita. folks all right settle down <laughs> energy down because i know i understand this track is ridiculous <laughs> the track title is called the strange step all night dancing buddy cheerleaders assault trumpet resounds from the game dragon half composed by tadahiro nita this i i learned about this game a little ways back for a previous episode and the, all the music in the game makes me want another game with music just like it, and it, that's <laughs> modern. A very cartoony game that in, just accepts it for what it accepts itself for what it is, and just goes to town on the absurdity of it all. This is that game, and this is that track. Like, you know what the music kind of reminded me of a little bit? You know, like uh, like the Simpsons arcade game music, how it's like just ultra super duper fast. Yeah, yeah. It feels like maybe the composer wrote a normal song and then like when they put it in the game, they accidentally like hit the fast forward button. <laughs> like that's what this felt like to me. Yeah. It's just so unbelievably ridiculous. When you sent me the track list, I'm like, okay, wow. Pronouns have way too much coffee and he's like feeling yeah. this track. <laughs> but you and should that, be driving. That I, song title really fits too. I do yeah. listen to this track while driving. So that's funny you say that. <laughs> I'm a bouncing in my car when it happens too <clears throat> and it's also funny that you mentioned the simpsons as a, as a thought that came to mind for this track because i think the simpsons is another game that kind of, well at least specifically that game due to the source mm-hmm. it pretty much embodies the same ideas like we want to make a game that feels like a cartoon 
and the composer was like, okay, we got to make a co- we got to come up with an OST that's very cartoonish and bouncy, right? As opposed- use it, but use it the arcade hardware as opposed to like sampled like uh, 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 instruments and things like that. Yeah, and wasn't I- that one um, Kazuo Hanzawa? That's a good question. I think it was. I think it was. That could be the only one that we're going to come back from the break. I could be like, thinking you know. of something else. Either way, the drums sound like um, Gunstar Heroes because it's got that crazy, mm. like, the noise channels, like, almost like, it almost goes out of time. It's just so fast. Like, it's crazy. I think this might, I mean, now I feel like I, I wasted this track on this episode because what? I'm like, yes, because now I'm starting to think You hear about that, Ed? This is how he feels about it. Hey, you. you know, now I know about this track, and now I can go check out the game, so you didn't waste it too much. Thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I was going to say, the only reason I thought about this because I was like, you know, for some reason, now I want to do an episode based around trash you can killing your kitchen, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those tracks that I, could, I like the idea of playing while doing normal stuff because I want to move in tune to the song. So it's like, washing all the dishes, scrubbing all the cups. And like, just, just moving, grooving, and you feel the energy of the track while you're engaging your activity. And it's just so fun. It's very, if my life were a cartoon, this would be on the OST. the whole time. Yeah, Not absolutely. the whole time. We'd get sick of it. This is only for the more, the especially ridiculous. No, I'm imagining scenarios. like, okay, Purnell's like 70, 80, maybe he's pushing 90 and he's going a little senile. And like in like in his brain, this is the only thing that he hears. <laughs> the music's going like, faster Purnell, than my body can. Purnell, are you there? Are you there? And in his brain, it's just. All the show tunes bouncing and bopping up there. Like, yep. His eyes are just rolling around in his head. Yep. He must have lost his hearing from. I don't know, years of, of loud rock music. <laughs> oh, come on, pronounce time for a tea party. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know. But honestly, I'm not going to lie. If my if my state of senility is a, like pretty much living a life, life of a cartoon inside of my own brain, and I the, feel bad for everybody outside, but I'm having a party. I don't you know, really like you and me are going to be in our 80s, like playing Tetris, like in an old folks' home. <laughs> now, correction: we're going to be, we're going to have to have nurses play them for us because our hands are going to have like a touch of rheumatism. <laughs> like, all right, nurse, push that block over, over, too far, too far. <laughs> Stop it! I said left, not right. That's your other left. Dang, damn it! He beat us again. <laughs> Back to training with you. Oh my god. I think I'm losing him already. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, what's your second track for us today? Oh, man. My second track today is... It's an arcade game from Konami, speaking of Simpsons. Uh, oh, but this nice. one is called Gangbusters. The track is called Don't Miss the Offender. It's from Stage 5, and it's composed by Shinji Tasaka, Motowaki Furukawa, Seiichi Fukami, uh, and Shigamasa Matsuo.
You're listening to Stage 5, Don't Miss the Offender, from the game Gangbusters for the Arcade. This is a fun track, uh, Ed. And I was like, uh, just mentioning, this is a, a Purnell track. Cause it, so- it sounds like a guitar riff, like in that opening, like a, yeah. like a twangy guitar riff. So yeah, what, I, what can you tell us about Gangbusters? Gangbusters is uh, it's a it's a vertical scrolling like overhead. It's kind of like Commando or Akari Warriors, like that kind yeah, of a game. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're going through cities as a cop, and you are either killing or arresting gangsters. Oh, uh, and so the gangsters that you arrest, they kind of follow behind you, and then like throughout the stage, <laughs> you go across like little cop vans. And you can chuck them in the back of the paddy wagon, and then they go oh, off that's and you awesome. get bonus points for it. And, and so you're kind of avoiding all the other guys or shooting all the other guys. And kind of like Commando, when you get to a boss, instead of like being one giant dude, you get to like this closed-in area where tons and tons of guys kind of pour out at you. Oh, neat. Uh, and then you have to kill them all to move on to the next level. So it takes a lot from Commando, um, which is a game that I had when I was a little kid on the NES. So yeah. I, I really appreciated like the similarities. Commando. But the music is is really cool. It's written by a lot of the the same. Konami composers that wrote stuff for like Ninja Turtles and okay. Simpsons Arcade and all that oh. stuff. So it's kind of why like that those drums kind of sound like the same as you'd hear in like the original Ninja Turtles yeah. arcade game. Same 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 sound hardware too. And it, it makes sense with the um, with like, with the kind of guitar riff sounding like melodies because like uh, Ninja Turtle the Ninja Turtle games all had like that really strong like rock feel to it. Yeah, exactly. And I tend to like go for video game music that has like like doo-wop or fifties kind of flair to oh, it, and cool. this has a lot of that too. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Just snap and put your hat on, hit the street, snapping yeah. your fingers to the beat. So we were talking about was a, a commando. There was a um, a gas station growing up uh, across the street from my house that had a, a commando arcade cabinet, and that was my only like that's the only time I've ever played that game. And I had like a mm-hmm. I had a joystick to move the character, but I had a dial to turn yep. like to spin around and you push it in to shoot. And I thought that was um, really different. I definitely got to say though that if that's your only sport here to commando, we gotta get you on the NES one. I'm not sure if it's going to hold up in today's era or whatnot, but I do Still remember it being good. a much better game than the arcade, oh, yeah. my personal opinion. I liked it better than the arcade, and it was legitimately a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, I was a big fan of those kinds of games going up the Ikari Warriors and Gunsmoke. Yeah, and I played a Commando. lot of Ikari Warriors. Yeah. Like, they're vertical shooters, but they're on foot. They're yes. foot vertical shooters. What is it? Exercise? I don't know what you even call Ex- those. Exercise shooters? <laughs> exercise horses. <laughs> exercise oh, shmups. Uh, like, no, no, I like where you're going with this. Pretty well. <laughs> that, actually, uh, it was that, that makes me think of that video the guy did. It was like a long time ago. It came up recently on the internet where the guy was in the arcade playing that Japanese shooter. Oh, yeah. And he was like kind of running in place and shooting behind the back and everything. Oh, man. And it got me to thinking like, it's amazing that to this day, with technology being where it is, we still have never gotten a game where it was like, hey, here's a shooter. But in order to actually traverse the map, you have to actually walk in place or move your body I, in I some way. I knew you were yeah. going to go there because there are games like that right now. Really? Yes. So there's a couple games at round one that you actually have to move your feet on the pads to move your character. At and round it, one? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And there was one that we used to play at Dave & Buster's like ages ago. You and I used to go there to play Pump. Uh-huh. But they had this one. It was called like Police Squad or something where it had a sensor around... It was a light gun game, but you had to move left or right. Yes, yeah, that yes I, remember. I remember that. Police training. Yep, I've seen that in the arcade. That game like made me sweat almost more than the dance games that we played. <laughs> like, choo, choo. <laughs> yeah, that's my. That's something I think I would really be into in that concept. Like, okay, I got to move, got to move, stop. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, it was it was really similar to Time Crisis, but you're moving instead of like just pushing on that foot pedal. So yeah, you got to work out doing it. Yes, I, th- I think it was produced by Sega, and they had another one for boxing, but it was the police one that was that was really successful in using that technology. Yeah, so yeah. Really and good then idea. there was that uh, that Konami 
uh, Castlevania arcade game where you actually had a whip. Yeah. And you have to, to whip the enemies on the screen. That's a workout, too. Your arm gets real sore after oh, playing that man. one for a while. Yeah, they had that at round one, actually, too. I got to play that there. And oh, wow. kick the tar out of you, dude. I was have, having yeah. trouble with the sub weapons. Like, where does the sub weapon work? <laughs> <laughs> is the whip or the dagger? They used to have that at a People's Plaza um, Regal Cinema. Wait. The, 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 uh, the Castlevania one. Are you sure? Yeah, maybe. Well, it would have been more recent. It was like a cab, an enclosed cab. Uh, no, it must have been something else that used a similar uh, controller. But for some reason, that arcade used to get a lot of weird Japanese imports. Hmm. Uh, maybe like the distributor was like, ah, we don't know where to put them. Just put them here. Sneak them across the state line, just dump them in the people's That's where I played DDR for a long time. Um, speaking of dancing, I've got my next track. Don't tell me it's a dancing game. No, <laughs> it's like, a dance oh, game. No, on th- FM said that's why I would have been shocked. Like, what? Um, then this is actually a soundtrack I discovered in the past uh, couple of weeks, which which really gave me the idea to to want to do this episode sooner. Rystar um, Two. No, this is the Hybrid Front for the Sega Mega Drive. That's oh, what they nice. called Rystar Two. It, it's um, no, <laughs> no, it's a little different. It's a little little more intense than Rystar, but Rystar. <laughs> intense in a different way in a more romantic way if you know what i mean oh yeah for sure Star, stars in his eyes kind stars of stars in my eyes <laughs> love it <laughs> uh, so this is um uh composed by neofumi hataya and this is scarab of glory number three from the game hybrid front for the sega mega drive You're listening to Scarab of Glory, number three from the game The Hybrid Front for the Sega Genesis Sega Mega Drive, composed by Neofumi Hitaya, a 16-bit master, I think. I'm saying. I'm telling you. Yes. Uh, but I'm not was, telling you. A, the audience. It was a big shot at Sega. I don't so, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, guys. Ooh, I'm... a big shot. <laughs> <laughs> big shot down the music factor. No, you can back it up. But this, I feel like this This really, for me, this showcases for me what I liked about the Genesis hardware because it had the, uh, the 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 Master System PSG in it, and like for some reason, like using those 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 sounds from that system plus all of the other backing like uh, uh, FM synthy type sounds, like it just sounds super cool. Like that the lead sound is for like the PSG Square Wave, and the rest is the synthesizer stuff. 
and it's really yeah. cool. I, I love that blend of sound. It is very Sonic-y because Sonic did a really good was a, is a really good example of that too, for sure. The, yeah, the Genesis had kind of a unique uh, chip setup compared mm-hmm. to a lot of the other like the the X68000, the, uh, the the PC98 because yeah. it had that PSG, but it didn't have all the sampling capabilities. So like with the Sharp X68000, you get FM plus a really good sampler. And on Genesis, you get FM plus PSG with a tiny little sampler in it, like only one sound at a time. <laughs> yeah. So so that's why they sound so different from each other in a lot of these games, because when you use that PSG, you get a lot of those like high-end, really crisp, clear sounds that you can't normally get yeah. from, the, uh, from the FM chips. Yeah, but the blend of the two, it creates a really like smooth texture when they do it right. It just it yeah, sounds absolutely. super cool, yeah. And the Sonic games were masters at that. You can almost oh, yeah. like not tell which chip was which sometimes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, they, they just blend together. Sometimes it's not even a lead sound they're using with that with that PSG. Like they're doing like an arpeggio or something. Yeah, a whole lot like of pitch twinkles bands. in the background. Yeah, the twinkles. I love the twinkles. That's why I like Rystar. <laughs> the Rystar twinkles. I'm just, Twinkly stars. I'm just listening to the, all the, the all the different words being used to describe music here, and you're going you're going from like kitchen to like food descriptives. Yes. To like, I like the twinkle it gives off. Yeah, those delicious twinkles. <laughs> yes, such so well, twinkly. Have you ever like <laughs> this track has an especially <laughs> fluorescent feel yes, to it? That's a good <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I, I feel like the, over like the years of doing this podcast, I've discovered that like I can like really close my eyes and like try to feel like textures or like maybe see something about it. Have you ever have you ever done that? I'm in my case like ima- when imagining to, something along with the music. Now that I do. Yeah. Like I I'm good at creating actually I do this a lot. Like I'll create a, a, an environment or sometimes even like a bit of a story to go along with a track. Like I can hear something and after listening to it enough I can say okay, I can imagine myself in this type of environment and this is going on over in the background and this is happening here and that's when I pull out my giant colander and I just start cooking. I just throw it all in the pot and stir. It comes out. It has a nice twinkle food. sensation to it when it's done. It's very twinkly. <laughs> this track tastes like a northern Canada wind. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god! This is like a really good sausage on the thing. Ricola. <laughs> what do you mean, Perel? Get me a sausage. I'm hungry. Yeah. This music, this, this music tastes great, but it's not very filling. Yeah. Actually, well, actually, when I hear this track, I, I think of, like, to me, like, it, it makes me think of, like, the, uh, like, a color, like, a steel gray color, but it's kind of funky at the same time. So, like, you know how in uh, the first Mass Effect, there's, like, a huge space station at the beginning? It's, um, where all of the different races are there, and there's, like, a bar mm-hmm. on there. And it reminds me of, like, maybe, like, uh, that, that bar, that, like, dance club in the space station because it's like futuristic and almost like kind of sterile but at the same time it's kind of funky and it's got like a little seedy underbelly complete with the blank stares and button selections (laughs) yes i would like to dance great let's (laughs) go on the dance floor okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah got a little shenmue there come on (laughs) shepherd um dancing now. They should do a, like a Ooh. mashup of that, where it's like, "Hey, Shepard, we have to go stop the uh, the aliens." And Shepard's like, "Yes, five hundred yen." <laughs> <laughs> what? Honestly, what are you talking about, Shepard? From that game was accidentally hitting the button at like a uh, vending machine, and it'd be like, "I would like to buy a soda, four hundred yen." No, I do not want to buy a soda. Then accidentally hitting again. Yes, I would like to buy a soda, four hundred yen. I'm like, why? Why are you no? This is not gonna have to drive the forklift for four more hours to make up for this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. 
Oh my freaking shit! I spent like, all my money on soda. I never. I couldn't. Four hundred yen. I don't even understand. Like shit, move as a series, as a concept. Like it's such a great concept in oh, this, is, in yeah. scope. But the people that I saw get into that game, I don't know how it worked on them because these are people who were like big on sport games, high pace, like high speed action games. And then you give them this game where it's like it starts like okay, go find your father's killer, and it's like like you said, oh, not no time for that now. I gotta drive this really slow forklift to make a very small amount of money with which to buy action figures at the store. Yep. This is a great time. Like I would go watch my brother. But I was like, why are you enjoying this game? I don't understand. I thought you hated stuff like this. Like I don't know. It's it's the Metal Gear Solid effect. It, it just attracts people that don't normally play that kind of game, and they just get really into it. Because <laughs> it's, it's like watching a movie at the same time as you're playing a game. The story draws you in, so you're willing to play stuff that you're not normally into just to see the story progress because you're so into the characters. Yeah. That does make sense. And also, probably all of that, like, uh, like everyday, almost like mundane things probably pulls you in even further because it feels like real life. Like, yeah, yeah of yeah. course I have to get it. I job. already know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't lie. That's, that's a <laughs> gameplay concept I've wanted to put in the more, see, use more often as it is. Like, Persona came real close to that, but it still had you going to the dungeons because Persona 2, everybody was adults. They all had full-time jobs, and yet they were still like, crap, now we're saddled with all these children's problems. <laughs> like, I got time for this. I gotta, be, I gotta get to work. It's, like, I just picture people like going to their normal job, working a nine-to-five, and then like a news article shows up while they're browsing the internet. Like, crap's happening downtown. It's like, man... Be real nice if somebody took care of that because I don't get off for another two hours. But <laughs> hey, you know, like just uh, wish someone could take care of that problem for you. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, boss, can I take a half day? What's going on? You know, stuff. You know, city's burning. Demons. Take... You know the usual. I gotta take care of that. Well, you don't, you're out of PTO, Pernell. So, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, uh, uh, go. an I'm RPG gonna, where you have to manage like the evil and your paid time off. Yes, like be. right, right. Like your normal life alone with like <laughs> you can't get a you can't get a cure spell because of your benefits doesn't cover. Yes, doesn't cover it. Yeah. it doesn't yes. cover healing. Or another... you could you could cast like time rewind so you can get back to work like after an hour even uh... though you've been out for five hours. <laughs> so you could punch back in at the right time. <laughs> you eventually learn how to create like homunculi or something. It's like okay, <laughs> you can only use them a certain Dude. hours of the day. Like here you go, you're going to work. <laughs> nice plural of homunculus, by the way. Thank you, Kyle. I'm proud. Homunculi. Get that working. Alright, what's your what's your last uh your last track? I'm gonna mention I'm gonna mention the, the another thing that came to mind. I gotta oh, go I ahead. gotta bring it up, but I'm gonna tell you the track. What the track? So oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it down a bit. Um kind of coincidental that this track is my pick because it came up earlier today, or yesterday rather, but the track or rather the game is called Sword of Vermilion. The track is just dungeon, because that's what it is. And um, it's composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi and Yasuhiro Takagi.
You're listening to Dungeon from the game Sword of Vermilion, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi and Yasuhiro Takagi. This game has a spectacular OST, but I still, years later, have no idea how I feel about the game itself. I Everyone's got to have one of these. The game that you play through to completion, but even when you finish it, you don't know if you liked it or not. <laughs> that is this game. It was on Sega Channel. It may have been the only good game on Sega Channel that month. It is very possible, or at least the only good RPG, because Genesis didn't have a ton of those in the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I it, basically, it was like a sort of dungeon crawler with like a mini map at the top. And then when you got into combat scenarios, it was kind of like a top-down, like, corridor-looking room, and monsters would attack you there. You just kind of walked up like, boom, boom, boom. And it was like, yeah, like it, it wasn't great, but there had to, maybe it was the music. Something had to keep me going. Were you craving, like, the RPG experience on your Genesis? Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, Fantasy Star 2 and 4 were pretty much, like, the RPG hooks for that system. And I want to say Landstalker, but that was more of an adventure game, I yeah. think. It doesn't really count. Um, but I wanted more. I wanted another RPG, and there just... There wasn't a lot. We had Shining Force 1 and 2, but they were more like strategy RPGs. They weren't RPGs. Yeah. And then you had Crusader Senti. Again, action game. action adventure game. But very few genuine RPGs. So this game, being one of the first on the system, I was like, eh. This sounds this maybe this is good. This guy has some appeal. Put it in, get it running, walking around quarters, meeting old man and old men in caves, you know, hitting them with dark swords, the usual should be. But it didn't I don't know. Like I just can't explain it. But what about you guys? Can you think of any times where you may have, you know, played a game through or at least darn near to the end of it? <laughs> Met old men in caves. Met old men in caves. <laughs> you know, that as a thing you can do. Yeah. That you just kept playing because, like, there's something that hooked you in even though you weren't fully yeah. into the experience. Mm, I'd have to think about that more. I got one. Yeah, I got you? one. Yeah. For me, it was actually pretty recent. It was um, Dragon Quest Heroes. Because mm. I am I'm a huge fan of the Musou games. So Dynasty Warriors, Hyrule Warriors, uh, you know, Fist of the North Star, Ken's Rage, all that stuff. I played through like 100%. I just get addicted to them and I keep playing them. Even when they're done, I want to like just keep going back and playing stages that I've played before just to get better times. Like when I finished Dragon Quest Heroes, I was like, I felt like I just played through it because I was so used to playing through all of those games and, and I just felt weird not playing through it all the way. But when I finished it, I was like, I don't really want to like do more with this game. Like I didn't hate it. But I also just did. I felt really ambivalent towards it, and I never, I never even picked up the sequel, which is weird for me because I usually pick up everything that Omega Force does. I've actually got two follow-ups to that. One, it's kind of funny you said because for me, I bought that with the exact opposite mindset, which is I usually don't dig Muso game, Musuo games, <laughs> but I like the idea of playing all these classic Dragon Quest characters. So I bought it and played up to a certain point. Like I always is like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm the princess. The, the freaking mate, the magicless melee princess. I can't remember. There's like a Leia or something like that, and I'm just like brawling, knocking jerkers out. Like I love all of her moves, but I'm already tired of just punching guys out. But uh, I do intend to kind of go back to it because I feel like at least the Dragon Quest monster style kind of adds a little bit more personality to your adversaries. Um, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to mention, in case this is even a deal that's still going on, or if it's in your area, they had uh, Warriors All Stars at Target 
Sponsored yes. by Target. <laughs> oh, clearance for 20 bucks. And I actually grabbed that recently because I like the idea of being able to use Opuna and the girl from Deception 4 yep, on yep. the battlefield for some reason. It's like, why are they even here? You can use an alchemist from the Atelier series to yeah. beat up like hordes of armies. It's like, <laughs> insane. But um, oh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, like we talk about crazy games. A friend of mine came out with this idea a little ways back. Okay. And I figured it'd be funny to bring up on the show because it ties in. So we were talking about games where you are working a full-time job and whatnot, mundane yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about a game, and this was genius, where you are the like the father of an RPG hero. Like the okay. parent. Just this is, the this parent. Is the idea of a game, not a game that exists? No, this is an idea for a game. It doesn't okay. exist, but it should. Where you're just a parent of an adventuring hero and your job the game is you literally managing your life and also helping to fund the adventurer's quest and also kind of keep them mentally in check because they come home stressed out from all their adventuring and you gotta like kind of keep track like so what are you what were you doing today son well i was in the fire caves you hope you weren't doing anything crazy in those fire caves what do you do it's like it's yeah. just handling the stress of being the parent of the world saving hero like, like like an Earthbound, you know, you like his like Ness's dad always calls yeah. him on the phone in Earthbound. Yeah, so you could be the dad. You could go to work, earn your money, and then every once in a while you have to call <laughs> Ness and like transfer money to the ATM for him. And then pretty soon the world either the world gets saved or if you don't make enough money to give to him, he can't power up. He can't buy his food, and then then the world ends and it's all your fault because yeah. you couldn't support the hero. Yeah, it's amazing. It. When you think about it, in Earthbound, the dad isn't necessarily the hero, but he's the backbone of the hero because yeah, he's, he's, he's giving. All this money, exactly. Love he's, that. The tagline is the guy that Ness looks up to is "Be the dad." You can be the dad on the phone. Be the dad. <laughs> RPG. It'll be called RPG Dad. RPG Dad. It'll be amazing. <laughs> but like when my friend came up with this idea, because like he brought up the he brought up the bare bones levels. Like man, wouldn't it be like no one ever talks about the the, the parents of the hero? That would be an it's awesome true. concept. Like you know they don't. We should make a video game based on that. There is a game out there where you play as an RPG shopkeeper. Yes. And oh, oh, you uh, Weapon de Os Omase or Yeah, something like that. I forgot what it was what it was called, but you don't you know, you don't you don't have an RPG like son out there that's wandering the, the world trying to save the world, but you you come across all these different explorers. And then you have to forge weapons for them and, you know, armor them up properly. Yeah, I left a- it at home. I was gonna bring it up right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a tabletop game that's like that too, where you're you're building shops. And putting in uh, magic items to sell to adventurers going to fight like monsters, except that like you're you're almost like betting on which adventurers are going to do better than others. Wait, you played Bargain Quest? No, it's, it was called something else, but I've heard about it. Because I, I have a game I've yet to play called Bargain Quest, where it's like that you got you're trying to bring in adventurers and sell them all the goods. Yeah, yeah. And they go and beat the villain, and yeah. if they if they survive but don't kill him, you get glory. Like he bought his gear for Purnells. Like yeah, yeah advertisement. One of them's like, like a like a like a really rich guy comes through, but he has like no skills. But you sell him all of your best gear, and you're like, well, he's gonna get killed. But he I goes out a, like Robocop. But I, made, <laughs> but I made all this money. <laughs> if you're not talking about Bargain Quest, I, you, if you remember, you gotta uh, tell me. I, I, I want to play that too. I gotta look it up. But that'll be for our other podcast about board games, which we should probably do. <laughs> board oh. games too. But I'm gonna turn this track down. And we are going to have a part of the show we like to call the bonus round. Beep, 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 bonus round. <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers, remixes, and arrangements uh, based on our theme of the show. And I think we all kind of had the same idea 
uh, today on what to do. <laughs> um, so, Ed, what did you bring for the bonus round? My bonus round track is a track originally from the Super Nintendo game Plock, and this is Beach, which was arranged for the Genesis sound chip by a guy called Savaged Regime. Uh, originally, this was composed by Tim and Jeff Fallen, but Savage Regime uh, basically rewrote the entire track for FM instead of the uh, sample-based SNES. Oh, it's man. really good. Yeah, this it's, Pluck is one of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, I can't wait to listen to this one. This is The Beach from Pluck, arranged by Savaged Regime. So how did you find the, this one, Ed? Is there, was there other tracks by Savaged Regime that you enjoyed? Or? Yeah, I was well aware of Savage Regime 
beforehand. Uh, just just a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, an anagram of Savage Regime is if you take all the letters and just mix them around, it spells Sega Mega Drive. Oh, it's just the, word, <laughs> the letters rearranged, which is really cool. I was wondering. That's um, a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty hardcore name. Like that's more of like a death metal. Like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it really fits. Uh, what I mean, basically, what what his what his modus operandi is is he he takes. Uh, music from Super Nintendo, some NES stuff, but mostly Super Nintendo, uh, and then kind of like uh, rewrites it on like a real Sega Genesis oh, cool. chip. So he, you know he goes by all the the limitations that the Genesis had, uh, and then just basically he he did a, a lot of Mega Man X tracks. Uh, like Super Castlevania 4 he redid in FM. This is one of my favorites, because obviously, I mean, if you've listened to Pixel Tunes, you know I'm a huge Tim Fallon fan. Yeah. Um, so too. this is one of my favorite soundtracks from him, and one of my favorite tracks from him, so it was really cool to hear it done in an FM style. Uh, I think he did a really good job. I don't know what you guys oh, think. Oh, I, I think so, too. I'm <laughs> over a too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when we were doing, as we were doing the show, we, um, uh, Purnell found... It's always fun to discover it on your own, even if it's like a more popular track, but like the, uh, the opening to the game Solstice... It's just like it's, yes. it's just one of like the best songs out there, and we came up on the on like one of these Facebook groups or something, and it's just like this is amazing. Yeah, it's like you yeah. can't you can't hate on that track. You can't hate on the following. Like uh, the silver, the music for Silver Surfer for me is just, just kills me. The Solstice track ended up being like doubly amazing too because of the fact that I've played Solstice before, but I'm pretty sure I just pressed start so fast. Yeah, <laughs> I never even listened to that. Like, I uh, didn't know about it. I used to sit there yeah, and listen yeah. to that over and over because it starts off very, very simple with a, like one little square channel, and yeah. then like every single channel hits you at the same time, and it's it's amazing stuff. And you know, Tim Fallen. Like I've done two entire episodes of Pixel Tunes on Tim Fallen. I'm, I'm I don't want to call myself an expert on him at this point, but I'm extremely familiar with his music. Yeah. Um. And so what what happened with with Plock is that Jeff Fallen originally wrote the entire soundtrack himself, and then they needed they added some stuff to the game. They needed some rewrites for some music. So they Jeff was busy doing another game already. So they called Tim mm. in to go do some stuff, and uh, it's just. I, I can easily tell, like, the, the theme song, uh, the boss theme, the beach theme, a couple other tracks. You can really tell which ones are Jeff's and which one are Tim's. And the whole soundtrack is completely amazing. But Tim just has this kind of prog rock style with, like, those yeah. guitar solos oh, in yeah. there that Jeff really doesn't do. So, I, you know, it's very easy to tell. Tim definitely was uh, was the guy that kind of wrote this after Jeff had written his original stuff and mm. just did an amazing job with it. So good. Right, so I'm going to do actually another FM kind of arrangement of another game, but this is a more modern game with a classic style. This is from Undertale, um, and this is the track called Dating Start, but it's the it's an FM synth style remix. I guess if like 8-bit done with not 8-bit hardware is called Fake Bit, then I guess this is like FM Fake Bit almost, I guess. I don't know. It's definitely using that like a lot of that hardware sound more than anything. Cool. In this, uh, the arranger, his name is Coda, and I believe we've had him on the show before, but I can't remember exactly which tracks. Probably uh, a Sonic remix or two. Um, but this is uh, Dating Start from the game Undertale.
recording? Yes, I am recording. Excellent. <laughs> that was Dating Start, the FM remix by the artist Coda, and that was released by Game Chops, uh, I think a year ago. And again, I, I think I think what happened was I listened to that that amazing pop track from Misty Blue by Yuzo Koshiro and just wanted to hear more music like that. <laughs> it's really similar, especially that 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 punchy bass is so awesome. I really yeah. love that sound. Yeah, I really, really do appreciate like a really solid bass line. It doesn't even have to be like super loud in the mix, just something that really works with the melody and yeah. just punches right through that. Love that stuff. There are Melody's so punched. many <laughs> there are so many Undertale remixes yes. out there. It's, yeah. And they're all really good, too. Like, the soundtrack just lends itself to being yeah. reworked over and over and over again. The soundtrack and, on its uh, own is amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and so, you know, I just kind of, I go out on the, because it's funny, I was just telling Rob a couple of minutes ago that my, my selection for my bonus round was almost going to be an FM remix of an Undertale track. <laughs> and I went with Plock at the last minute. So I was I was really happy that you chose another Undertale track because it just it just sounds so good in FM. It almost feels like it was written for it. Yeah, it's very it's a very natural transition, and at the same time, people kind of put their own spin on it too. It's just it's great. For some yeah. reason, when I was listening to it, I was stuck thinking that it sounded very similar to a track from Phoenix Wright One, mm. and I couldn't get it out of my head. The whole time, I'm like do 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 Yeah. Oh, like, we gotta have another Phoenix Wright episode. I love that music. <laughs> it'd be so perfect. That's some feel good music. I object to that. Oh, overruled. <laughs> overruled. Sustained. <laughs> it's not sustained. You like the music. You said it. Um, uh, Your Honor, I'd like to present uh, Exhibit Purnell. Oh, well, well, Your Honor, <laughs> aside from the fact that Phoenix Wright music is spectacular, I also have a tune. <laughs> um, the track, uh, well, my selection was inspired by the fact that, uh, as we all know, recently Mega Man 11 got brought up as a soon-to-be-released title, which reinvigorated the conversation around Mega Man games. And one common thing that drives me nuts is this bizarre hatred for Mega Man 7. I don't understand it, because I think the game is solid. That was the Super Nintendo one? Yes. It was a great game, but yeah. it's hated by a lot because a lot of people because it changed the graphic style of how Mega of Mega Man, uh, um, and, and in some ways the way he controls too. Yeah, people people get used to what they like, you know, as we as we know with all the Sonic games. Sad but true. Yep. But in this case, at least, all those people were wrong. <laughs> 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 it's a good game, a great game. I wasn't a fan of Mega Man Eight, but that's another story. But Seven was solid. And I also liked a lot of the music that existed in the Mega Man 7. So I figured this would be a good opportunity to showcase a Mega Man 7 track done in the uh, uh, Genesis style. So like our like my two friends here, I also went with a Genesis <laughs> rendition of the track Turbo Man from the game Mega Man 7, remixed by The Legend of Renegade. Oh, is that all? <laughs> That's all I've it was, it was got, like a dot, Rob. Dot, dot there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
vroom, baby. Welcome back. <laughs> You're listening to the Turbo Man Genesis remix from the game Mega Man 7, composed by the legend of Renegade. Awesome dude. But also, this track was originally composed by Yuko Takehara, Toshihiko Hiro Horiyama, and Makoto Tomozawa, which I never heard of any of those people off the top of my head. But what I do know is they can come up with some quality product. And Legend of Renegade put the work on of this bad boy. So, first and foremost, the track already sounds good in its, of its own right because pretty much every stage track in Mega Man 7 is a gem. But the Genesis sound that he added to this, he added a lot of different layers that didn't even exist in the original track to the point where I'd almost say this is better than the original tune. I was thumb stomping, toe stomping on this at work, at home. And in here, until I realized I was going to make Rob's wife very angry if I kept doing that, <laughs> so I stopped. But, the house kind of bounces around. <laughs> like it's a, like it's just a really good tune for a very great stage and good boss master, um, robot master too, I yep. believe. Give yeah, Mega it almost, Man it almost feels a like a, it, it almost feels like it should have been an FM song to yeah. begin with. Like yeah. if I had heard this, I wouldn't even think that this was a cover or a remix of like an existing Super Nintendo. I would just be like, "Oh, it's a Genesis track. That's really good." Um, but again, that that bass tone, like usually like FM remixers tend to like love that really fat kind of like slappy that like boom, bass tone. It just boom. sounds so good. Adds so much to the track. Man, what this what it did for this one is just glorious. But I'm telling you, people who want to hate on Mega Man 7 Give it another chance. It's not. It's not all. Or uh, email My, uh, Purnell at rhythmandpixels.com. Right. <laughs> That's right. Tell me why you don't like it, and I'll convince you otherwise. Ashley, don't do that. We don't need a flooded inbox. <laughs> My co-host on Pixel Tunes. Yeah, Mike. Mike from from Pixel Tunes hates Mega Man Seven with a passion. And you can't you can't even say the game's name without him going, "Oh, that's garbage," and just changing the subject altogether. <laughs> Mega so. Man Seven was okay, and Final Fantasy Eight is all right. No, it yeah. is not. But at the same <laughs> time, controversial opinions there. I but, don't know. But I will say at least, and this comes up a lot because I asked the well, there was a recent you saw you saw the picture I was posting your group I think where uh, somebody at WrestleMania at one of the recent WWF events or wrestling events posted Final Fantasy VIII sucks on a place yes. on a poster and put it up on the there camera. Was- Yep. And I thought it was hilarious, and it drew a lot of people's anger. It's like, why does everyone hate on this game so much? I'm like, because a lot of people don't like it. It's, it's okay. It's, you know? Yeah, it's because it's, yeah, that's fine. People just wanted Final Fantasy VII Part Two, and it that's, was totally different. It came that's out at, what it was. Yeah, came out at a bad time. That's why people love Final Fantasy IX, because you already got to hate on Final Fantasy VIII. Exactly. <laughs> but one they didn't thing, know what to expect at that point. But yeah. what I can say, though, is that for all the grief I give eight, Two things. One, most of my grief has become more of a humorous thing at this point. I don't hate that game as much as I let on. It's just fun to be like, this is the worst game ever because it it just riles people up. Yeah, you're just being. I'm just being me. Facetious. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is that, whereas, like, for example, you might hear someone say, Mega Man 8 is terrible, and they don't really want to say why they think it's bad or why they can even think it's good. I can tell you why I didn't like Final Fantasy 8, and I can tell you good things about Final Fantasy 8. It's not just a flat hate. Like I, it has a reasoning behind it. You got layers. There's layers to my feelings. Like an onion. No, onions are disgusting. We're talking like gobstoppers here. Wait a minute, wait. Another controversial statement. (laughs) (laughs) Onions are disgusting. I hate Final Fantasy VIII and onions. It's almost like someone cutting (laughs) onion all over the disc. It's disgusting. 
disgusting, I All tell right. you. Well, that, let's uh, let's bring it back here. So, if um if our listeners would like to hear um, more inf- or get more information about the artists on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to the band camps and SoundClouds and, and bios and everywhere where you can grab this music, buy it, and support the artists. All right, so I want to thank you for joining us on ele- episode 11-8 of Rhythm and Pixels, our uh, showcase on FM synth music. I haven't even decided on a name for the, the episode yet. Just um, FM Synth Madness was what I named our little uh, Facebook chat group. Well, I, like New Year's episode. I like it. We could go with like FM, like happy FM New Year, FM Synth Year, something like oh, that. That's pretty like good. That. Yeah, we can do that. Something, we're, something that ties into the new year to the title so that we, people know. Which reminds me, we never talked about anything New Year'sy. Like, I'm not gonna go all sappy, but what's your New Year's resolution, gentlemen? But <laughs> I will like to ask because this is something I'm working on. I probably brought up on an earlier episode. Games I intend to get to in 2018, right, and I'm not talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about games that are coming out. I mean, games that are already out that you never got a chance to play yet. All right. So, what are your what are, what are three games in 2018 that you want to get to? Let's go with Ed first, because he's the guest. All right, Ed. And he can put him on the spot. Oh, man. All right. So what I really want to get to, uh, first thing that comes to my mind, uh, it's it's coming out this year, but I do definitely want to get to it, is uh, the new Dynasty Warriors 9 that's mm-hmm. coming out. So that's definitely going to be like, that's going to take up the majority of my 2018, I think. Uh, I want to play that new Bubsy game that came out. It's on I sale this that. week, I think. Yeah, I know. Wait, exactly. There was a new and I think Bubsy I'm gonna... game? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's actually gotten pretty good reviews, too. All right. So I want to check that one out. Um, I don't know what else I want to play. Um, oh, you know what? I haven't played Thimbleweed Park too much yet. I got a little bit into that. That's that point-and-click adventure. Yeah. Kind of like Maniac Mansion. Yeah, it looks I like... Got, I, I got a little bit into it because I, I played a track from it on a Pixel Tune show just to, you know, kind of get the feel for it, but I haven't played all the way through it. So that's that's the third game I want to get into mm-hmm. this year. I think, I think I'll have time to get all three done. I think so because you have... A, you have a, I feel like the lengthiest game you have in there is the probably the first one you mentioned because of the whole... Dynasty all the Warriors, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, like yeah. To un- I like to 100% those games. So that's like... You're talking like 100 hours worth of work right there. Yeah, yeah. You, like to, you like to really dig into those. But <laughs> Thimbleweed Park, that could be like that one hour before bed. I'm going to give me a little bit of story time in and then just yeah, kind of do speed. that. Yeah, that's my speed. Exactly. Um... So 2018 for me, I, I've been hearing a lot about, I've heard so many good things about Kentucky Route Zero that I'd like to get oh, into yeah. and, and start playing those episodes. I mean, just, I hear it from other podcasts, I, I read about it, I really want to try those out. So I've been avoiding story spoilers and stuff like that, I really want to try them. Um, definitely Undertale and Persona mm-hmm. 5. Yeah, but yes! But Pernell stops breaking my fingers to play that game. <laughs> they won't heal but so many times, Ryan. <laughs> I'm starting to have to get a hook for a hand before I can play that game. <laughs> That'll be a lot harder to shatter. I guess that's going to be the first one of the new year. Um, mm-hmm. So, Pernell, what, what, are, what are three standouts for you this coming year? Well, I'm still trying to nail the list down as a whole, but so these may, these are subject to change come January 1st. But um, 
I can say that Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Dana, is definitely on one of the three games on the list. Um, there's a game called Stranger of Sword City that I've wanted to play around with. I never got a chance to dabble with that one. And I actually want to finally knock off Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Uh-huh. Like, I started it again. I think this time it's going to stick. So by <laughs> during 2018, I am going to knock that game off its pedestal and call it complete. So nice. Then also, I got a bonus game I'm going to buy or play through, which is not buy so many video games. The game it's, it's <laughs> it, it is a quest of redemption. Really, yeah. um, I think I think what we should do is create a list of classic titles that you could maybe emulate, and that that and that's your goal. That'd be a good call too. There you go. Like between emulation, see how many you could do. Yeah. So between classic games that can be emulated and just games on my shelves, yes, yes. like. I, the shelf games. I can be done. Like Yelf on the shelf games. That's right. I, get to, I even <laughs> want to hook up my freaking uh, Xbox 360 again, which, by the way, listeners, if you find any really good deals on an Xbox 360 later model, send it on over to Rhythm and Pixels because Pern needs to replace his system so he can play all. He needs to play Charlie Murder again badly. Oh, your system died? No, it's not that it's dead. It's that I haven't hooked it up since I left the apartment, and the thing is... Ancient. Like now, oh. my internet's in the basement. I don't have. So I'm saying, if you want mine, but yours had. You're giving yours away. I'm not, I'm not playing it. We could talk. About we can talk about this shit. later. That's fine. But like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wheeling and dealing. But like, because uh, like, I, there's a lot of like 360 games I want to play. That since I've moved to the apartment, I on my house, I can't. I don't have internet access to yeah. it anymore because I'm not running a cable to my freaking basement, and I'm not going to get like a booster or all that stuff. So. I'm pretty much in the situation now where I'm like, shoot, I can't hook it up to the internet anymore. I need to validate all my crap. And I don't have HDMI because I have like one of the earliest Xbox 360s. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll uh, talk after the, the show. Only. We yeah. will talk after the show for now. <laughs> this guy over we'll, here. We'll work it out. All right. Work it out. Work <laughs> it out. So um, if you want to get in contact with us, um, please send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And if you want more info on the show, a full track listing for every episode, and information about us, your handsome hosts, go to, <laughs> go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, if you want to check us out on all of the social media outlets, you got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you go there, look up Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, and you'll find us and you'll get more news about the show, us you know, making silly jokes and um, you know, updates on when the episodes are coming out. And if you want to look for references on how to get a kicking crab chowder recipe off the ground and into your mouth, go somewhere else because we have no idea where to find it. But if you do find it, please let us know that too. And Rhythm and Pixels is a Patreon-supported show. And uh, for our Patreon subscribers, uh, you get bonus monthly live streams of our show. So um, we announce that there. And then you can join us during a recording of the show like Ed is right now where we just kind of make jokes in between songs and make faces at each other. Um, you also get a free mixtape of the most current episode. All of the um, original video game music will be on that mixtape. And you also get a shout-out at the end of the show. So we would like to thank Alex Messenger, Matthew McDowell, Morton Gangso, Enric Anderson, Chris Murray, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, an excellent podcast. Yes, it is. And Brian Pitt. Thank you all very much for your continued support. Um, so if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And that's it. I'm not going to plug any more stuff because you've heard me ramble on long enough. Ed, <laughs> please plug everything that you do. Oh, beautiful, goodness. Beautiful bearded man. 
Do you have a half an hour to plug all my stuff? Um, okay, so let's see. <laughs> um, primary podcast is Pixel Tunes Radio. You can check us out at pixeltunesradio.com. Uh, my secondary podcast is Impulse Project, where we do uh, music from the demo scene in the tracking community. So a lot of Amiga, Commodore 64, uh, ZX Spectrum stuff. Uh, you can find that at impulseproject.info. Uh, I do voiceovers for another VGM podcast called Audio Panic Room, which is more like a, uh, a music playlist where I just do kind of like um, somebody else picks all the music out, but I just kind of announce the tracks. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you can just you can find that on, on YouTube and, uh, and iTunes as well. It's Audio Panic Room. And then uh, Final Fantasy Shrine. We were just talking about that at the beginning of the show. I've got a ton of music there that you can go check out and download. It's called Ruiner 9's Soundtrack Aganza. And uh, <laughs> so if you got to be a member of the site, but it's you know free registration, and then you can have access to all the links. I just have a huge mega account set up, and basically, like I think I have like every single uh, North American NES soundtrack up there at the at the moment, like. 85% of the Japanese NES soundtracks. Wow. Genesis, Super Nintendo, Japanese computers, like you name it. I've got like 30 different systems with uh, I, I don't know, up to like, like 5,000 soundtracks at this point. It's absolutely insane. All the work I've done over the past three years, just requests from people on the site. So uh, definitely go check that out and uh, let me know what you think. So yeah, that's I think that's all the stuff I do, Good besides stuff. being a dad and you know, that stuff, but that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it totally counts. If you guys want to support, if you want to check out Ed's kids, come hang out at the house. Bring some soda. Kids love soda. I think. Like, you know. Just call first. Just make sure nobody's dying or sick or anything. We'll be, we'll be fine. <laughs> Doors always open. Oh, man. <laughs> well, um, I think I think we're definitely going to be uh, coming up again for the next uh, Retro World Expo up in Connecticut. We had a blast. Yeah, we doing had such that. a good I'd time. Love to have you guys back again for yeah. sure. Yeah, maybe we could be more essential. Maybe we can be up there. Maybe I could be up there for a few more days. It just it just really didn't work out that week for me. But um, I'm glad that uh, Pernell got to represent uh, the Wilmington, Delaware um, group, state. Yeah, all ten of us Jews. here in Delaware. <laughs> all ten of us in Delaware. We haven't <laughs> we haven't killed each other yet. It was a great time. I went up there. We played Cuphead. I didn't I suck at it, so right, I didn't. That's I, right. Like, hey guys, I'll play this yeah. cuphead with you. Why am I doing worse than usual? Like, I have this thing. Whenever I go to a person's house. And a game comes up that I've played in the past, regardless of my actual skill level, I feel like I have to put on a show. Like, I can't be <laughs> yeah, right. bad at it. Because if I am, it's like, oh, man, I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't measure up to this episode. I'm sorry, guys. I just, uh, I can't do it. Terrible. Yeah, that's why I want to do more uh, live stream gaming with you, with games that you already know, so like, your hubris will just be your downfall. Hey, <laughs> come on. Come on. It's not that bad. No pressure, Purnell, but lots of pressure, Purnell. Sorry. <laughs> you try to make a fool out of me. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, one last time, I want to say a huge thank you for Edward coming on the show and bringing some amazing FM synth picks for the show. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys for having me. I've, I've been a huge fan of Rhythm and Pixels forever, so I'm always happy to come hang out with you guys, and you guys are always welcome on Pixel Tunes Radio as well. So Absolutely. we'll plan something in the future. Yeah, we for are that. we are big Ed fans. So um, anyway, thanks for listening to the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. Um, we're your hosts. I am Rob Nichols, and I'm still Pernell. Have a wonderful week. Be safe in the new year. We love you. Happy and new rem- year. <laughs> remember, though, technically it's not so much of a remember. It's more like a thank you very much for listening to our show. You're all excellent, awesome people. You give us, I mean, it's fun to share music with you and actually communicate back and forth with you guys and just kind of be friends. Um, but most importantly, want to wish you a happy new year. And, you know, if you don't have a bunch of resolutions stacked up or whatever, you don't need them. 
you know, if you do have them, don't feel pressure to, to knock them all out. Just take your time. Use them as stepping stones to accomplish goals. Don't make them defined goals that will make you sad if you don't. You know, just be at peace, as at peace as possible, going into 2018 and hang out with us as we go. We'll all have fun together.